Hello, this is Alistair welcoming you to the 2348th edition of the Enfield Talking Newspaper. Dateline 22nd of June 2023. The readers this week are Chris, Alistair and Jackie with Ian on the controls. Editing, production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prilly, Fernand Bouillon and Harry Brewer. It's performed by Jean-Jacques Perry and is used with his kind permission. The local news stories that we will be reading come from the Enfield Independent and Enfield Dispatch and are their copyright. For the week beginning the 19th of June 2023, the sunrise time is 04.42 and the sunset time is 21.20. We also have some special notices from Enfield Home Library Service and Enfield Vision. Enfield Home Library Service Did you know that Enfield has a home library service? This means that if mobility, disability or caring responsibilities make it difficult for you to visit the library, then we can bring the library to you, and there is no charge. The Home Library is run in conjunction with the Royal Voluntary Service, who vet and manage our volunteers. You tell us the sort of thing you like to read, and we will select books for you and deliver them to your home once every four weeks. As well as ordinary print titles, we have audio books on CDs and large print titles. There are also a limited number available in different languages. Separately, the Enfield Home Library Service offers assistance with digital library content. So we can help you get to grips with borrowing e-books or audio books from the library to read or listen to on a phone or tablet. For more information or to see if you can sign up for this service, email enfield.hls at royalvoluntaryservice.org.uk or call Shauna Teven on 07826-511094. Enfield Vision. Now, we are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. We are registered with the Charity Commission as an organisation with the specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. We hold a drop-in morning on the third Thursday in each month from 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bushfield Park, Enfield. Our exercise classes are now running again. Here are the dates for the next few months. Thursday the 20th of July 2023, Thursday the 17th of August 2023, Thursday the 21st of September 2023, Thursday the 19th of October 2023 and Thursday the 16th of November 
2023. For further information, please contact us on 020-8373-6260 and the email is information at enfieldvision.org.uk Do get in touch with us to share your own news and special announcements. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments about the Enfield Talking newspaper, please phone Diane to Jersey on 07899-854582. She is your listener's representative and will be pleased to help you. Now, Jackie will read the lead story. Thank you, Alistair. Enfield rental market, chaotic as prices soar. Enfield's private rental market has been described as chaotic, as a chronic lack of supply coupled with soaring demand, has led to the fastest price rises for decades. Renters are now struggling to even book viewings for available properties, with local estate agents telling the dispatch that they get inundated with calls as soon as they promote a listing. With many landlords now deciding to sell up or take their homes out of the rental market, in many cases because the rising mortgage costs have made letting unviable, Renters have been left scrambling for the few properties that remain. The problem is particularly acute in Enfield, where a lack of social housing compared to other London boroughs means there has been long over-reliance on cheap rental homes to make up the gap. Rachel Circus, director of the Enfield branch of Belvoir Estate Agents, told the dispatch, It is a bit chaotic. We put something on the market and we get inundated with calls. We'll take it off again within 24 or 48 hours, arrange half a dozen viewings, and most of them will be put in an offer. You see some people wondering if it's worth even looking at a house, because they know someone will beat them to it. Rachel said that Belvoir had let out a two-bedroom property in the EN3 area late last year for £1,250 per month, but had just let it again now for 1400 She added, I now expect to let a property within a few days, before it would take around three weeks. Rachel also said she knew someone who had sofa surfed for three months because they had been unable to find anywhere to live. Andrew Ride, co-founder of Chamberlain's Estates in Windmill Hill, painted a similar picture. He told the dispatch, we are getting about 30 properties, uh, 30 inquiries per property. I would say demand is double what it was a year ago. Andrew said renters who stretch themselves financially to bid for a property often won't even be considered by landlords. There will be some places we let in just two days, he said. Landlords are able to pick from the bunch. The rate of price rises in Enfield's rental market is the highest Andrew has seen in three decades working in the industry. He said he found the whole situation really frustrating and added they need to devise a way to create more social housing stock that can't be bought in a few years and taken out of the social rent market. Separately, new data released last month revealed that nearly one in three Enfield families have adult children living at home, the second highest rate in England and Wales. The census 2021 figures show that 28,500 Enfield families had at least one adult child living with them at the time of the survey, a rate of 31.9%. That puts the borough behind only Brent, 
where 32.4% of families had an adult child at home. The 31.9 rate for, the en- for Enfield is up significantly on the 24.5% figure recorded in 2011. Matt Burns from campaign group Better Homes Enfield says young adults have been priced out of living in Enfield. The result is that households are overcrowded and young families are leaving Enfield. We are already seeing significant falls in demand for school places. Addressing this is the short term Addressing this in the short term requires removing the housing benefit cap, introducing rent controls and measures to reduce properties left vacant or used as short-term lets. Longer term, Enfield Council needs to build far more genuinely affordable social rent rent homes, something the borough has performed very poorly on. We need to design streets around people, not cars. Maggie Westhead and Claire Rogers from campaign group Better Streets for Enfield, make a passionate plea for more road safety measures in the borough. An eight-year-old boy was killed on a road in Winchmore Hill in April. For us two local mums, this devastating news was not surprising. Our roads seem designed to put convenience for driving before human lives. That must change. Enfield's road casualty stats are shocking. 31 people were killed from 2017 to 2022 and 658 seriously injured, including 49 children. Most likely to be killed or seriously injured were pedestrians. So what can be done to make our streets safer? A lot. London Borough Councils that are serious about healthy streets, are acting on speed limits, parking and junctions, among other measures. In Winchmore Hill and Palmer's Green, we need a 20 miles per hour limit on green lanes, where so many people shop and travel to school. Winchmore Hill school students are at risk. Teenagers are the group most likely to be killed on the road. The benefits of a 20 mile per hour speed limit are well known. 40% of people hit by a vehicle at 30 miles per hour die, compared to 10% at 20 miles per hour. Enfield needs to join the growing list of boroughs with a default 20 miles per hour limit. Junctions are where most collisions happen. Side roads, like the Compton Road junction with green lanes, are especially dangerous as thousands of drivers turn across the path of pedestrians on the high street. The solution? Stop minor roads being used as shortcuts for cars. Look at Fox's Lane Junction with green lanes in Palmer's Green. Now that 6,000 drivers are not using Fox Lane as a shortcut, crossing that once terrifying junction is now a breeze. Devonshire Road was once a rat run too, but now its closure at Green Lanes has made space for cafe seating and a kids' play area. This is why much maligned low-traffic neighbourhoods, LTNs, are so necessary. Cutting the risk of collisions in half is just one of their benefits. Junctions at major roads are a different animal. We are appalled 
that there is still no signalised pedestrian crossing on any arm of the Hedge Lane-Green Lanes junction in Palmer's Green, despite being the route to school for so many. Why? If crossings slow bus journeys by two minutes, does that matter compared to a child's life? Parked cars line much of Green Lanes and its side streets, making it harder for drivers to spot pedestrians about to cross, especially if they are a small child. In New York, replacing car parking with cycle lanes reduced pedestrian casualties dramatically. But when Enfield cycle lanes were built, there was such an outcry from traders, the council kept as many parking spaces as possible, carving seven out of the newly enlarged public space in Compton Road. Parking should be cut back in Winchmore Hill, except disabled and loading bays. As well as being safer, it would give more space for seating, planting and spending time and money, benefiting traders. For many, it would also be the nudge needed to arrive by foot, bike or public transport instead of by car. Finally, we need controlled parking across the borough. Is it right that I can park a car for free the day I buy it, but have to wait for years and then pay for a secure on-street space for a bicycle? Charging for parking would help reduce multiple car ownership and the council could charge more for SUVs, which are more likely to kill children. All these measures and more are laid out in the annual Healthy Streets Scorecard, which ranks London boroughs on how healthy their streets are, according to 10 indicators. Enfield is ahead of many outer London boroughs, with its miles of cycle lanes, two quieter neighbourhoods and school streets, but still sits in 10th place overall for outer London, with progress being slowed. We urge Enfield Council to make healthy streets in Enfield a priority so we never have to face an avoidable tragedy again. Livestock returns. Enfield's premier live music event returns to Forty Hall Farm next month with a star-studded lineup to please all tastes. Livestock Music Festival is looking as diverse as ever, with everything from pop, punk, indie rock, goth, folk, blues, reggae, soul and funk. On the feel-good stage, the headliner slot is being shared by the dynamic eight-piece Mission Impossible Soul Band, born out of the blues and soul resurgence following the release of the Blues Brothers and the incredible City Funk Orchestra. The return of the latter was a no-brainer after their fantastic show at the Black Barn in December 2022 when they brought the house down on one of the coldest nights of winter. Other notable additions to the feel-good stage are the crowd-pleasing ukulele Scar Collective, the return by popular demand of the Vipers and Reggae Matic plus a not-to-be-missed special one-off 10-year anniversary reunion from the incredible Spirit of Springsteen. 
We say it every year, but yet again, the Black Barn lineup is another triumph, with a full program of new, upcoming and original acts, headlined by the mind-blowing talent that is Laurie Wright, with his infectious punk rock-and-roll fusion that seems certain to blow the roof off. There is also the outstanding Brooke Law, who went to school locally and adds livestock to her impressive list of summer festivals, including playing on the same bill as Bonnie Raitt and The Pretenders. Brooke's gutsy voice has been described as Alanis Morissette meets Janis Joplin. Other Black Barn acts include The Vox, who returned to showcase their acclaimed new album, 1984, Dead Colours, a mix of synth-pop and indie rock with a strong nod to the 80s, and local duo Lost Chimes, blending traditional folk with a contemporary dream pop twist. If disco is your thing, and you fancy a break from the live stuff, the Black Barn will also be repeating the hugely successful Tea Time Disco, a one-hour DJ set of classic tunes from the era. Down in the woods, on the legendary Woodland stage, curated by St. Harmonica's Blues Club, there is the usual amazing programme with the Blues Chapter and House Red already confirmed and more to come. This will be, as ever, a blues lineup second to none. Livestock will, of course, offer all the usual bars and food stands, plus an array of children's activities throughout the day. There are also plans for a dance zone at the end of the night. While early bird tickets are sold out, advance tickets are a mere £30, with the on-gate tickets costing 35 The evening pass is now £20 and valid from 7pm. Children up to the age of 12 remain free. You will still need to book them a pass. And there is a teen ticket for 13 to 17 year olds at just £5. An accompanying adult ticket is required when purchasing either the latter. Livestock takes place on Saturday the 22nd of July from 11am to 11pm. To book tickets, visit livestockuk.com. Rebels with a Creative Cause A new festival for creative entrepreneurs is taking place in Edmonton this month. Over the past year, our team at Blocks has been working alongside a business support service, the Rebel School, which provides free advice and training to hundreds of entrepreneurs and creatives across Enfield, supplying the tools and knowledge to start their own business. As an open access factory in Edmonton, focused on providing affordable workspace, training and high-end equipment, at Blocks we are proud to support, support a diverse community with more than 400 independent businesses. Together, Blocks and the Rebel School share a vision to level the playing field for small and independent businesses, empowering people from all walks of life to follow their dreams and do what they love. On Saturday, 24th of June, this will culminate in the launch of Enfield Creative Festival, an all-day celebration of the borough's vibrant creativity and entrepreneurship, with guest speakers, live music and stalls, plus delicious food and drinks provided by Block's Kitchen, with it all completely free to attend. 
Backed by Enfield Council, Enfield Creative Festival provides a chance to celebrate all that has been achieved so far, as well as an opportunity for the next class of rebels to join the movement. The Rebel School was founded in 2010 by Alan Donegan and Simon Payne. Its mission is to change the way entrepreneurialship is taught across the world. It has educated over 20,000 people in 10 different countries through free events and helped launch 839 businesses in 2022. As we continue to live through a challenging economic climate, organisations like Blocks and the Rebel School, or more importantly, the communities they create, are playing a vital role in Enfield's development. Using local independent businesses wherever possible helps to spur investment in the local economy and support our community. So whether you are a business owner, budding entrepreneur, or simply want to soak up the atmosphere with a cold beer and enjoy the stunning views from blocks as the sun sets behind the River Lee, everyone is invited to join us for Enfield Creative Festival. And for more information and to download a free ticket ticket to Enfield Creative Festival on the 24th of June from 3pm to 10pm, visit Their Bell School. So that's T-H-E-R-E-B-E-L school, S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Enfield um, dash festival. The Southgate Woman on a Mission to Save the World. Ariana Abdul-Nur speaks to James Cracknell about her role with the UK's youth delegation to COP28. Ariana says she is ambitious with what her delegation can achieve in the run-up to COP28, the latest big climate conference scheduled to take place in Dubai later this year. As part of the Future Leaders Network, The Southgate resident has been selected as co-head of the UK youth delegation for the United Nations event starting in November. The delegation is made up of four young people who care passionately about accelerating climate action and ensuring youth voices are heard. And their remit is to identify climate policies that young people want decision makers to adopt and then advocate for them. Ariana, an international relations graduate, says we need to work out what the issues are and communicate that with people who have the power to do something about it. Before the conference begins, the delegation will put together four policies that they wish to prioritise. Every policy we make, we put, whether it is ambitious or realistic next to it. Although we know that a certain country might not agree to it, we don't want to just have realistic policies because we need to be ambitious as well. COP, which stands for Conference of the Parties, events have long been the world's primary forum for discussing global solutions to man-made climate change. But, with a few notable exceptions such as the COP21 talks in 2015 that led to the Paris Agreement, the conferences have become infamous for the repeated failure of the 195 countries taking part to agree on how and how fast to reduce carbon emissions.
expectations are low for COP28 in Dubai, partly because of the host city's strong connections to the oil and gas industry in the Middle East. Ariana remains hopeful, but admits it is never easy to reach agreements on an international level. It is often about the leaders turning up and getting photos taken while the delegates do the real work, she says. COP26 President Alok Sharma was really close to pushing this ban on coal through, but the nuance of a sentence meant India rejected it. So it is about identifying what people want and make sure the policies are robust and non-negotiable. So when it does get presented, we have already anticipated what might come up and have alternatives ready. The three stated aims of the UK youth delegation are to speak to a diverse range of young people and confidently represent the youth voice to decision makers on the global stage. Identify climate policies that resonate with young people and would deliver on their priorities, as well as advocate for these policies by meeting with officials, politicians and other industry leaders and by using the media and in-person forums. To land her voluntary role as part of the delegation, Ariana had to go through several rounds of applications, including a video submission and interview. The former Ashmole Academy pupil thinks her academic background helped secure her place. My master's thesis was on internal displacement in Iraq, there is an international section there with climate change. It is a human crisis and there will be climate migrants and a domino effect as a result. Outside of her role with the UK's COP28 youth delegation, Ariana works with the United Nations Association, engaging young people in diplomacy and as a researcher both at the John Locke Institute and the European Institute of Research and Human Rights. In another volunteering role, she has also been teaching English to refugees at a camp in Jordan. All of this experience makes Ariana well-equipped to handle discussions that could determine the fate of the planet. I have always thought it was the end goal for me to be a delegate, because it is an amazing opportunity, she says, we have a lot of flexibility and power, and I am very excited. We have lots of scope to do what we want. We can go to different places and talk to different people. But we have to balance a lot of things, so we can't take up all the opportunities that are out there. Does she have a strategy in mind? We are not trying to reinvent the wheel, because a lot of research has been done already but we are seeking to have all the facts we can to make sure we are not blindsided and know what other people's agenda are. As the UK, people think we have a lot of clout and we get a lot of emails from different countries to discuss things with us. So, to get in touch with Ariana and the UK youth delegation to COP28, email UK. COP delegation at 
futureleaders.network. Superloop route revealed. A map showing the places where a new express bus service will stop in Enfield Borough has been published for the first time. The so-called Superloop bus service being launched by Transport for London, TfL, to help better connect outer London was first unveiled in March. But now more details have been revealed about which areas will be served by it. The simplified orbital map, originally published by TfL, suggested only Arnos Grove and Edmonton would be served by the Superloop. But the new map of the North Finchley to Walthamstow leg of the service reveals that there are in fact four Enfield stops that will be provided. New Southgate Station, Arnos Grove Station, Gloucester Road for North Middlesex Hospital and Silver Street Station. Although a public consultation on the North Finchley to Walthamstow route will not be launched until next spring, the public is now being invited to comment on the Harrow to North Finchley service. The Superloop is described by TfL as a game-changing new network of limited-stop express routes, which, when complete, will circle London and connect outer London town centres, hospital, schools and transport hubs. It's being supported by £6 million of additional funding provided by City Hall. Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, said the Superloop is part of my plans to improve public transport in outer London. These new routes will substantially improve access to transport services, town centres and hospitals in outer London, and help build a better, greener London for everyone. Enfield Choral Society Director Ian McKenzie and what you can expect at their summer concert. For our June concert, Enfield Choral Society performed The Bavarian Highlands by Edward Elgar and Everyday Wonders, The Girl from Aleppo by Cecilia McDowell, musical director Mark Sproson and pianist Badana Ravliek were joined by violinist Sarah Colley and by Enfield County School for Girls Chamber Choir. Edward and Alice Elgar spent many holidays in Bavaria, After days spent hiking and touring, they enjoyed their evenings in taverns and hotels where they listened to folk songs. In 1894, the Algar spent several weeks on a Bavarian walking tour and when they returned home, Alice wrote six poems based on Bavarian folk verse. Edward set these poems to music, completing them in April 1895 and they were premiered at the Worcester Festival in April 1896. Each of the poems and songs were inspired by different events or places in Bavaria. A harvest folk dance, the meadows around the village of Womburg, a gentle lullaby, a prayer heard in a chapel at the top of the Tyrolean Alps. The fifth song is set in high-altitude alpine meadows, and the final song is based on the town of Murnau, noted for its annual hunting festival. Germany is also important for Nugine Mustafa, a Kurdish girl with cerebral palsy 
who was forced to flee from her home in Aleppo and undertake an immense but successful journey, being pushed in her wheelchair by her sister Nazarene all the way from Syria to Germany. She co-authored her biography with Christina Lamb under the title Everyday Wonders, The Girl from Aleppo. Throughout this ordeal, she remained strong, brave and upbeat, taking every opportunity to use her newfound English, which she had learnt from watching US soap operas, quizzes and cookery programmes on the television in her fourth floor Aleppo flat. In 2014, a new cantata was commissioned based on this biography. The libretto was written by Kevin Crossley-Holland and the score composed by Cecilia McDowell. It was first performed in Birmingham Town Hall in 2018. The composer employs many musical effects to enhance the story, including chorals, spoken sections, body percussion and an intense solo violin that contributes to a Middle Eastern ambiance. Both the story and the music are strong, captivating and uplifting, fully capturing the trials that also the ultimate success against the odds. And now two letters sent to Enfield Dispatch. Voter ID fears. Enfield did not go to the polls in the recent council elections, so some residents might be unaware of the recent change in the law requiring photo ID to vote. This hastily passed piece of legislation has meant that thousands across the country were unable to vote last month, a deliberate undermining of democracy. This is particularly concerning for our borough, where recent research has found that 30% of people in Edmonton and 33% of people in Enfield North are unaware of the new law requiring photo ID to vote. Young voters and ethnic minority voters are disproportionately more likely to be unaware of the new rules. A general election is likely to be held in 2024 and Enfield Council elections will follow in 2026. Anyone who wants their voice heard must make sure that they have one of the accepted forms of photo ID. A list can be found on gov.uk forward slash how to vote. And that was from Katie Knight of the Enfield Green Party. And a second letter from John Doland, Enfield Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition representative, about social homes. According to Kate Osamore, MP, in the April issue of the Dispatch, it will take a Labour government willing to rebuild our social housing stock. Kate was re-elected in 2019 on a manifesto to build 500,000 council homes back when Jeremy Corbyn was Labour leader. But according to Keir Starmer, the slate is wiped clean on that manifesto. Kate is correct when she says that Enfield Council doesn't need to wait for a Labour government to do better. The Labour-run council is selling off Walbrook House, a block of council flats, and borrowing hundreds of millions of pounds to build private housing at Meridian Water. Why not make it 100% council housing? 
will Kate stand for council homes at the next general election? Will Kate back Jeremy Corbyn if he stands, fighting for the anti-austerity policies in his 2019 manifesto? And that letter was from John Dolan, Enfield Trade Unionist and Socialist Coalition representative. Don't be a twit. Sign up to OWL today. PC Neil Rogers from Enfield Police invites residents to join an online neighbourhood watch service. Have you ever wanted to be part of a neighbourhood watch group and receive regular communications from your local police? Well, look no further than our local service, OWL, online watch link. You can sign up for free at owl.co.uk and receive up-to-date crime prevention, ward crime stats, local police meetups, and much more from your local police officers. You can also reply to the messages via email directly to your local team so you can be assured of a line of contact. If you want to join a neighbourhood watch, then why not join OWL? and start your own online watch. You can get your neighbours signed up to OWL and grow your watch, become a coordinator for your watch, and be able to message your team via emails regarding local activity. When you become a coordinator, you will also get an OWL Neighbourhood Watch window sticker for you and your watch members when they sign up. This will help showcase your road as a neighbourhood watch area and hopefully deter criminals. You can also join CCTV Watch if you have CCTV on your property that you are happy for police to know about and use for the detection of crime. You can even join Dog Watch, designed for anyone who owns a dog and would like up-to-date messages about any criminal activities regarding dogs. If you are a business, you can join Business Watch, and receive messages regarding crime prevention for your physical business and any criminal activity to be aware of. OWL is now Enfield Police's go-to website for keeping you informed about what is happening on your ward and across your borough. So don't delay, sign up today and be part of policing for the future. Summer-long series of events planned in Palmer's Green Park. Now in its third year, Broomfield Summer Festival is becoming the place to go for outdoor cultural events in the borough. Initiated in 2019 by volunteer group Friends of Broomfield Park and assisted by an amazing team of 16 to 25-year-old festival makers, the festival runs from June to September. It comprises a wide range of events, including family events, live music, open-air theatre and dining out under the stars. This year also sees the return of a long-time favourite, Palmer's Green Festival, in September. Family events started on Thursday the 8th of June with the wonderful Heartbreak Productions. They have performed in Broomfield Park since 2018, with rip-roaring performances of the popular children's stories by David Williams. And this year, it is the turn of Bad Dad, 
which is about a boy called Frank who hatches a daring plan to break his father out of prison for a night so they can return the money he stole. Other family events include Chicken Shed's Tales from the Shed and in September, the Jabberwocky and other nonsense, as well as fun fairs. Live music in Broomfield Park is always popular and this year it kicked off on Saturday the 3rd of June with Reggae Matique, a five-piece band which presents a tribute to all the reggae and ska songs you know and love from the British charts. In July, it's the turn of... In July, it is the turn of Rock Power, a super interactive, high-octane rock and roll band bringing you nothing but the best of classic rock, power ballads and rock anthems of today. On every Sunday in August, there is the ever-popular Broomfield Blues, which draws hundreds of to lazy, hazy days spent by the lakeside bandstand. The repurposed old bowling green, now named Broomfield Bowl, is becoming well-established as the national circuit of outdoor theatre venues. Events start on Thursday the 6th of June with the ridiculously talented and energetic Three Inch Fools, this time with Shakespeare's maddest of rom-coms, As You Like It. With three actors playing 23 instruments, 24 characters and taking on far too many costume changes between them. Other theatrical highlights include A Midsummer's Night's Dream, The Musical, Great Gatsby and The Hound of the Baskervilles. There is so much to, just so much on offer with something for everyone to enjoy. Thank you. And now a bit of sport. Towners announce new manager. The club has confirmed who will be replacing long-serving former boss Andy Lease. Enfield Town FC has announced the appointment of Gavin McPherson as manager. Gavin joins the Towners after parting company with Met Police FC, where he spent over 20 years as a player, assistant and manager. He will replace Andy Lease in the dugout at the QE2 Stadium, following a six-year stint that comes to an end in April, shortly after Enfield Town missed out on a playoff spot in the Isthmian Premier Division. As a player, Gavin had stints at Barnet and Carlisle, as well as at Wealdstone, Sloughtown and Woking. He took the managerial reins at the Met Police, for the 2018-19 season, after the resignation of Jim Cooper, guiding them to victory in the Southern League playoffs, only to be denied promotion at the final hurdle against Tombridge Angels in a super playoff. The Towners have described Gavin as a widely regarded coach who has gained a reputation for moulding highly competitive squads. Chairman Paul Reid said, I'm delighted that we have reached an agreement with Gavin and his team. We had a number of impressive applicants, but Gavin was our clear favourite. His short-term and long-term intentions as manager align closely to ours, and he certainly fulfilled the criteria set out at the start of our recruitment process. He brings with him a very strong track record, and considerable expertise. I am very much looking forward to working with him and his coaching team. Lido plans sunk without trace. 
criticism of 32-page Vision for Enfield. Labour appeared to have dropped a key manifesto pledge whilst <coughs> unveiling their 32-page Vision for Enfield, opposition councillors have claimed. Investing in Enfield details how the council would deliver its pledges on key areas such as housing, the local economy, green spaces and community safety. It also outlines several several principles underpinning the council's approach, including commitments to creating a fairer Enfield, being climate conscious and ensuring the authority remains financially resilient. The plan was presented to a full council meeting last Wednesday. Council leader Nessel Kaliskan told the meeting it would help the administration to deliver a clean and green place, strong, healthy and safe communities, more and better homes and an economy that works for everyone. She added, We think the plan is ambitious, we think it is deliverable, And crucially, we think it indicates the structural changes we have to implement in the council so that we can realise what is a good plan for the borough and the residents of Enfield. David Skelton, a Conservative councillor, said the document contained a lot of positive mental attitude, but not a great deal of substantive, practical, crunchy policies for the people of Enfield. One of the key pledges of Labour's local election manifesto from last year was to build a new outdoor swimming Lido. But Mr Skelton said there was no sign of it in the council plan. His Tory colleague, Tom O'Halloran, also pointed out that there was no reference to the Lido. He said, this exciting plan seems to have sunk without a trace. Labour's Rick Jewell said that the borough used to have a leader that was closed under the Conservatives. He set out plans to crack down on flytippers, tackle climate change and enhance biodiversity. Muscaliscan insisted her administration would deliver its manifesto pledges and the council plan provided a framework that would allow it to do so. She claimed the Conservatives had no ideas and have made absolutely zero proposals for improving the borough. Investing in New Southgate. Labour Council Labour Councillor Josh Abbey on the progress being made in his ward since winning election last year. It has just been over a year since I was first selected as a Labour Councillor for New Southgate Ward, and it's been quite the year. The cost of living crisis has gone into overdrive. The Conservative government's crashing of the economy last autumn, compounding 13 years of economic failure, has resulted in the UK having the highest inflation among the G7 countries. People are experiencing the largest fall in living standards on record, and Enfield residents have been hit hard. I stood for election because I believe that local government done right can improve lives. In tough times when people are struggling to get by, Investing in our communities becomes even more important. And so our Labour Council has been forced on delivering its 2022 manifesto, spurred on rather than deterred by the crisis. Planting thousands of new trees, 
cracking down on fly tipping with a record number of prosecutions and supporting job creation with new construction and film academies. The work is underway to secure a thriving Enfield, even while the economic storm rages. The housing crisis has contributed to the difficulties our communities are facing too. Across the country, private rented sector rents have soared for families who simply cannot afford them. In my casework and in my role on the Council's Housing Scrutiny Committee, I have seen the devastating effects on residents in New Southgate, which is a higher proportion of private renters compared with Enfield overall. Against this backdrop, Labour-run Enfield Council is pursuing innovative measures to support people facing homelessness. There is more to do, but there are real achievements. While rough sleeping increased by 26% nationally between autumn 21 and 2022, Enfield saw a 48% reduction over the same period, the largest reduction in the UK. Ultimately, it will take thousands of new affordable homes being built to deal with the housing crisis, and that is what Labour in Enfield is committed to delivering. At the same time as these living standard challenges, we continue to face a climate emergency that is no less urgent. In New Southgate, I have supported plans for investment in sustainable transport and infrastructure for walking and cycling to help reduce emissions. Our pledge to roll out 1,000 electric vehicle charging points across Enfield will benefit the whole ward, but especially the area west of the A406, which has been underserved by charging points before now. The council is also in the process of designing a solution for Brownlow Road to become safer and more accessible for pedestrians and cyclists. So a year on, the issues confronting New Southgate and Enfield are substantial, but Labour is on your side and I look forward to my second year serving residents. Celebrating carers in the community. Danny Newland from Enfield Carers Centre invites people to get involved with National Carers Week this month. National Carers Week celebrates and highlights those providing unpaid support for someone who requires help, whether because of a physical or mental health condition, substance misuse or someone who is simply frail through ageing. This is more than deserved. Carers in England and Wales contribute a staggering £445 million to the economy every day. That's £162 billion per year. Although carers have a legal right to be able to access support and information, most are unaware of this and don't even realise that the label carer applies to them, mistakenly thinking this only applies to people paid to provide care or that caring is just something families are expected to undertake. At our base in Baker Street, Enfield Carers Centre not only provides emotional and practical support for carers aged five years or older, it is also dedicated to helping people realise that they are carers and that support is available if they need it. From Monday 5th to Sunday 11th of June, we will be using National Carers Week to promote this message around Enfield. We will be holding our annual Family Fun Day on Library Green in Enfield Town on Saturday the 10th from 11am to 4pm 
and we are also very excited to be working with another, a number of other wonderful community groups to organise a carers' picnic on Thursday the 8th from 11am to 2pm. Charity Hearts and Helpers have invited us to hold the carers' picnic in their community garden, created and maintained as one of many projects they undertake for people in Enfield. And they are also arranging a meditation teacher to help create a chilled atmosphere. Food is being provided by Cooking Champions, an organisation that provides food parcels and meals to vulnerable adults using donations from the Felix Project and other sources as well as running a community cafe at St Peter's Church Hall in Ponders End. Asda in Southgate is also supporting this joint effort. If you are a carer, you are very welcome to register for free with Enfield Carers Centre and access practical and emotional support. We also hope you might join in with our celebrations at National Carers Week and see firsthand the great work that organisations such as Hearts and Helpers Cooking Champions, the Felix Project, as well as Enfield Care and Centres are undertaking locally. And although that National Carers Week has now passed, the team here still wanted to tell you about their role and their activities. So for more information about Enfield Carers Centre, visit enfieldcarers.org. And finally... Hospital Awards for Outstanding Staff Hospital bosses hosted their own version of the Oscars on Monday at a special awards ceremony for staff at the Royal Free. The third RFL Oscars event of 2023 took place on Monday afternoon at Enfield Civic Centre to recognise the work carried out by corporate service teams over the past 12 months. Winners included bereavement volunteer Veronica Kennard as Volunteer of the Year. The Workforce Systems and Information Team won the Quality Improvement and Efficiency Award. And the Chairman's Leadership Award went to Head of Payroll, Tony Mason-Hambridge. Well, we've reached the end of our programme for this week. Thank you for listening. So, from the team of Group D and Ian on the controls, it's... Goodbye for now. Please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet, put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app or listen to us on your smart speaker by saying, play, podcast, Enfield Talking Newspaper. Don't forget, you can call Diane de Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 078-99-854-582. The Enfield Talking Newspaper will be with you again in one week's time.